Hey, can you do me a favor? Turn that light bulb on. There we go. That's perfect. Let's wake these people up. Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz, and we have here today with me, Rebecca Vasquez, right? That's how you pronounce it, because I know a lot of people say Vasquez. Yes. And you're you're probably like, no idiot, it's Vasquez. Yeah. <laughs> so now, um, the reason why I wanted to have you here today is because um, you're young. And how old are you now? 22. So you're 22. So there's so many people that are 22 years old right now looking for romance, looking for love. They're looking for all kinds of things. So my hopes in this podcast is to get you and hundreds of other listeners. So this podcast has grown tremendously fast. Now, I'm at the point now where I'm on different platforms, Podbeam, uh, I'm on iTunes, a few different Samsung Android things that, that are out there. Um, and other different places. So right now I'm in a few different states, but over 3000 listeners and every day growing and growing and growing and growing. Every time I hit refresh, it's always like, you know, someone new, 10 more, 20 more, you know? So, um, a lot of people are asking me because we did the one with, uh, this one guy as far as, uh, time management. And at the end I told them that I was going to be speaking about romance or love. And a lot of people immediately were like, Juan, you got to put the next one up for romance and love. And I got so many people to come and say, you know, you got to put the next one. You got to put the next one. So many young guys at the barbershop that uh, constantly hear me talk about love and they're always so interested. So for that reason, I wanted to have somebody young on here, somebody who has questions towards these things. Now, I find myself a big expert in love. The reason why I find myself a big expert in love, um, I've read a lot of psychology books, a lot of sociology books, um, a lot of religious books from the what it says in the Quran, what it says in the Torah, what, and what it says even in the Bible. So I've gone everywhere looking for this concept of love. What is love? I looked at history. I looked at uh, science, what science says about it. And I took a little bit of everything and mashed it all up together because um, me and my wife went through a crisis. Now, we went through this crisis in our marriage. And um, in this crisis, you know, I noticed that I didn't know how to love. And, and, you know, because we all we always you you go into uh, you want to get married. And when you want to get married, you want the perfect guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want definitely like. A tall guy, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, all chiseled up with his jaw. And, you know, when he chews gum, you see the jaw moving and it looks all cute from the side. You know, this is what you look for in a guy. You know, you, you look for this, you know, and many other girls do, too. Uh, guys, you know, they look for a girl to be, you know, a certain height, certain body shape, certain weight. Yeah. You know, they, they want her to be just this trophy girl that just they can show off to everybody, you know. And a lot of people think, you know, if if I had just the perfect guy, I wouldn't mind being married to them for, you know, so many years. I'll deal with their bull crap, you know, as yeah. long as they look cute, you know. And you think that. And so many people think this, you know, as long as I find the right guy, as long as I wait for the right guy, I don't care about 
love, like I'll, you know. I'll deal like, with everything. I'll, yeah, I'll deal with whatever it is as long as I get him. I'll change him, you know. This is what everybody thinks. I'll change him. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I'll change him. I'll do whatever it takes to change him or I'll adapt to him, you know. As long as I get that pretty face, you know. Guys and girls think this. So, um, and a lot of people think maybe in some way, shape, or form that this is why marriages fail. So, uh, you know, and, and I was in a way kind of one of those guys, you know, I, I got a beautiful wife and I was like, Oh, oh yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh my God, I hit the check box. You know, I'm good. You know, I'm going to get this. I have this gorgeous wife. And, um, I thought that this was that I would be able to do this in a way, you know, and that I, that no matter how bad she is, no matter how much of a brat she hasn't grown up, I don't care. I'm going to deal with it. And it doesn't work like that, you know, and a lot of people think this, you know, so, and, and, and some people think this is why marriages fail, you know, this is why a lot of people think, uh, w- many people have the question, why do marriages fail? You know, I hear it all the time when I'm in school, cause every, we had a kind of a little survey at school. And I think I told you about this where they, uh, my English teacher asked everyone to raise their hands if their parents have been married over 10, 15, 20 years and that barely anybody like nobody raised their hand because there's always divorces everywhere this is like the norm nowadays yes you know oh oh, why why marriage you you don't need marriage you know and i i i don't think we're gonna have enough time to speak about monogamy in this one yeah so romance love marriage this is such a huge thing that i can't make it into just a one part podcast so i'm going to be splitting this up between three to four parts mm-hmm. i might have you back i might have somebody else back um don't know quite yet i would love to get rosalba on here but rosalba is just she's yeah. just too nervous to get on these things it's okay <laughs> so um hopefully i can because i would love for her she knows so much about marriage so much about love mm-hmm. and she always uh, lacks the confidence to think that she knows what she's talking about but a lot of these things here um are for me and her so a lot of the, the things that we've kind of grown to to learn uh, has been through an experience experiential knowledge you know gaining this experience as we move on so, um, one of the things that a lot of people say is, um, why so many marriages fail. And you probably hear this a lot is they always say, um, they always say what well, we grew apart. Yeah. Or actually, yeah. You know, Oh, what, what, what happened? It was a mutual thing. We just grew apart, you know, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years go by and you're like, what happened? That couple was so perfect for each other. They were so and sometimes that'll happen. What, what what will go down is they'll say, you know, um, uh, they'll think to themselves, I'll deal with their pretty face. And that's what they've done for so many years. They've dealt with whatever needs. And then they say, oh, I, they grew apart. You know, she was growing off into this interest and I was growing off into that interest, you know, and, and, and we were just, we were in the same path, you know. It's just so, better. If we, we're better off friends. Yeah, we're better off friends. You, know, he, yeah. you hear this a lot in relationships also, like, you know, people are dating and, it, uh, you know, we're better off friends, you know, it just works. In, I mean, there's times where, yes, you bet you are better off friends, but mm-hmm. then there's other times where you just don't care truly, you know, uh, and, and this is not true. You know, you didn't like, I always tell people this, you didn't like the same stuff now that you liked back when you were small, right? Yeah, you change. You, you're, uh, 
you start, you didn't like vegetables when you were young, right? Actually, I did like vegetables. Okay, well, you're a bad example. You're a weird kid because yeah, no, yeah. no kid likes vegetables, you know? So besides Rebecca, there's a whole bunch of, of you, maybe when you were little, you didn't like vegetables or you didn't like something, right? There's something that you didn't like that yeah. maybe now you do like, right? Yeah. So uh, a, a lot of people will do this, you know? You grow up and there's things that you just, you're like, ah, you know, I like this. There's certain drinks that you like maybe as a child and now you mm-hmm. drink them now and you're like, that's the most disgusting thing yeah ever. what was i doing you know mm-hmm. before you used to take like you know i mean i never did this but i've seen some of my friends who did and now they're like ah oh, why would i ever do that they'll take hershey's doritos cheese cool whip and put in a sandwich and eat it i mean weird things when they were little yeah now i'm like would you still eat that and they're like hell no i would <laughs> never touch that you know like but your 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 the things that you like change over time and this is what happens is um, you just stop learning what your partner likes because you thought you've reached the peak of love without understanding the true meaning of love. And this is what happens with a lot of people. They think, I've reached my peak of love with this person. You know, so there's no more needing to try. And, and, like, and to an extent. Like, yeah. I can love them to an extent. If they do this, then I don't know. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you get to that point where you go, all right, all right you know, I've, I've reached the peak and this is kind of the max and this is exactly where I'm at. And um, this doesn't happen, you know, a lot of you have to continue learning. Like I learned uh, through the Kendrick Brothers, and this is uh, one of the books that I love so much, you know, it's that that fireproof. And um, in this book, they say that your love the love of your wife you need to continue learning you need to continue learning your wife or your husband you know that you know maybe what you know now at 25 26 when you're married or 28 um that'll be considered like in a like uh middle school or high school degree you know and then five years later after you've learned so much more that'll be considered like an associate's degree you know, so on and so forth, a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate, you know, and you have to continue learning your spouse because they adapt. So what are you going to do every time you get married? You know, you, you adapt you, or oh, I'm not going to adapt to you. I got to go find the next person that I'm adapting mm-hmm. that I'm going to adapt to. This is a bad concept. This is not true love, you know, so and some people will do this. Some people will move on to the next one. Or some people actually enter into realization, you know, that after the first failed marriage, they realize, you know, to the second one, they go, wait a minute, I'm finding the same problem over again. I'm, I'm, I'm finding that I have the same exact problem that I had in this marriage and the same thing into the last marriage. Yeah. So either I married the same guy or I'm the problem. And this comes to be too, you know, that people that have failed marriages, they realize, shoot, I was the problem the whole time. And, and the reason why their second marriage it, uh, tends to succeed and grow is because they don't have, uh, they've learned that they've become the problem, that they were the, the cause of this problem, that the reason why this person used to get so angry is because you were such a brat. And then they realize I need to change who I am. That's why second marriages tend to be so much more successful than the first marriages. Yeah. Sometimes people will go up to third. If you're getting to the third or fourth marriage, well, you're just, you got a lot of baggage and issues that need to be changed. So 
Um, this is something that uh, tend to be why um, why marriages fail, you know. So another thing that I've seen that a lot of people have a problem with is they don't truly understand the depth of their words when they make their vows. So if yeah. you see, you know, a lot of people when they make their vows, they say through the good times and the bad, you know, through sickness and health, you know, for, for richer or for poorer, you know. Yeah. That those vows, when people tend to make these vows or you come up with your own vows, sometimes they say vows that sound beautiful. They look beautiful, you know, and oh, my God, it sounds nice. But the problem is, is that uh, you're marrying somebody who's still a child, right? Because a man says what he's going to do, right? And he does it. Yeah. A man isn't like a child that says, you know. Oh, I, I, I want ice cream, you know, and then he gets the ice cream. And he goes, no, I actually wanted Skittles, you know, and, yeah. you know, a man says, this is what I'm going to order this and this is what I'm going to eat, you know, and he doesn't like a child make the server go back and change his order. No, he goes, no, this is a decision I made. I got to learn how to deal with this. And this is what I decided to do. And I made a pact. I made a vow, you know, it's, you know, it, it, I wish people took it more like having children too, you know? When you have a child, you can't just drop the child at the drop of a dime, you know? You, you're like, this is a, a life. Yeah. People don't look at marriage the same way, you know? And, and this tends to happen in the same thing. And, and the Christians, this is something that I've always liked from Christianity. And, and, and I'm a Christian and I believe this, you know? And the Christian concept comes from, you know, we were made in, in the image of God. Right. Yes. So you believe that you were made in the image of the first man. Right. Because God mm -hmm. is man. Right. That's the, if you look in the Bible, it references that God is man. Right. Yeah. It'll say many times God is not a man who says and then repents. So yeah. he, he references he refer, references himself as a man constantly. So you first have to realize what is a man? What is a man to come? Right. And the man you have to see, you don't know what God is. God is not the image of like some strong guy, right? Because you, n nobody knows what God looks like. Moses was the only one who somewhat saw God, but he only saw the back of him, right? This is the yeah. story. This is how the story goes. You know, when you see that he's off in the desert mm -hmm. and he's, he, he leaves off. Now, you see that, uh, that, that they are made in the image of man. So they first have to reference what is a man in a man to the first man, which it would be God, is that a man, they don't know how he looks. It's not his hair. It's not the way he, his, his chiseled jaw, right? It's not yeah. his, his God-like powers, you know? What, what makes God man is his word because all that the Hebrews, you know, and, and Christians know of God is his word because he's never seen. You don't, you don't know if he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You don't know if he looks like Bill Gates. You don't know if he's rich, if he's... All you know is his word. That's all you know. So yeah. the first man is his word. And his word is when he says, he does, you know? Mm -hmm. So to be a man, you know, in the Christian, in, in, in the Jewish eyes, in the Hebrew eyes, is to be a man that says and does. You do not back away from your word. If you say this, you do this, you know? But enlighten with God at the same time. So, and you see this, you see that a lot of people, when they make their vows, they're still child. They're still a, ch a child that hasn't grown up. He's, he's still going at the whim of his will, wherever, wherever they, the wind blows. Where you know? he says what he feels at the moment. Exactly. You know, and, and, and they don't change that. You know, they, 
oh, you know, I like you, you know? And then tomorrow it's like, oh, I really don't like her anymore, you know? I, you know, yeah, you I, did something, you kind of like spit and I didn't like you right there. Like, it was kind of <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's true, you know? So, so this is, this is a very crucial thing. A lot of people have a misconception of romance and love. There's something very, very, and, and I want to get into the definition of the two, right? Because yeah. many people don't have the definition of the two right. So romance, right? Listen to this. This is actually very interesting. It says romance, the noun of romance is a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love. Yeah. Now, the meaning itself isn't love, right? Romance is in the verb sense, right? Mm -hmm. So the action that's being done behind romance is courtship. So you create romance, right? You do mm -hmm. this, this act of romance to court the person, right? For yeah. those of you who, who don't truly know, courting is like when, let's give you an example, you know, you know, you're trying to get with this, this girl that you like. And like back in the old days, they would stand outside of the window, you know, and they would sing to the girl to serenade her. And you would try to court her. You would try to get her to like you. Would do, you would do this, this romantic gesture, you know? Take her out on dates. Yeah. Maybe hold her hand. Yeah. Small little gestures like that to make her like you. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people, uh, they don't. They, 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 they get this misconception of what love and romance is. So many people have this. They think that that is love, you know? Oh, this flower, these chocolates, the way he talks to me, you know? What How, he says to me. Oh, yeah, all these things. This is love. Oh, my God. This is emotion that I'm feeling in my heart. This is love. No, stop it. Pause. <laughs> Time out. This is romance, people. This is not love. So... And, and, and somebody that I blame deeply for this and, you know, at, when I was going through this whole like history of love, of romance, of all these things is Shakespeare. Shakespeare damaged society as we know it with love and romance. And the reason why I say this is because now Shakespeare, right, to give you a time reference here, Shakespeare was born in 1564 and he died in 1616, right? Yeah. Now, do you know where romance comes from? No, I actually don't. This is interesting. Check this out, right? This is what I was doing, you know, um, when I was kind of going through this whole uh, trying to find out what is romance. I, I needed to separate the two because I was like, how is it that I don't have this emotion like in my heart to, to, to love this woman, you know, Yeah. to, 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 to give my all to her. I wanted that, you know, but in my heart, this feeling that I was looking for this, like, ah, you know, yeah. I didn't get that feeling. So I was like, how do I get this feeling? I want this feeling so bad. So of course I had to go and look up everything. I was like, I have to go to the root of things in order for you to fix the problem. You can't fix it artificially, right? cosmetically from the outside you yeah. need to open up right a surgeon needs to open up and fix what's inside to mm -hmm. have you know usually if there's an exterior problem in medic in, in medicine it's usually an interior problem so mm -hmm. the same thing with love i was like i have to go to the root of things so listen to this so romance right the word originally stems from the latin word romant which meant in the roman manner when the Romance languages, French, Spanish, and Italian, 
when they were derived from Latin, the word itself was borrowed, but the meaning altered to reflect the new language. So it meant French or the vernacular language of France, right? So the dialect of France. Yeah. So when all these countries in Europe, they all spoke Latin. Now, what they did was to create this dialect, right? This way of talking. Mm -hmm. They created France, these three different languages, French, Spanish, and Italian. They created these three languages. And these three languages were created in, in a, like, a, a, like a vulgar version of Latin, right? So yeah. French was a vulgar version of Latin, right? So if you look, you can look, it up, look this up on Google, anywhere. Um, the different places that will give you the history of different languages. It says, so Spanish, the language known as Spanish today is derived from a dialect of spoken Latin. It evolved in northern or central part of the peninsula after the Western Roman Empire. Now, this was in the 13th to 16th century, right? Yeah. So this is still around this time frame of Shakespeare that these languages were created, right? So w you think of Fran French, you think of Spanish, you think of Italian, you know, the same thing with, with Italy. Italy was also created around the fourth century. So these were languages, these were vulgar languages created to speak Latin. So it's like, if they're Spanish, then there's like a dialect of Spanish, maybe like, you know, this like a Dominican lingo, you know? Dominicans yeah. always have like these weird way of talking. That's the vulgar language of Spanish. So Latin, had the vulgar language, which was French. And it was Romante, mm -hmm. which was a Romance language. So this is where the word Romance comes from. It comes from this language, this, this vulgar way of talking, this, this dialect of speaking a certain way. This is where Romance, yeah. the word Romance comes from. And a lot of people don't know this, you know. because Even I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so when you think of romance, romance is a way of going about things. It's a way of talking, a way of being. It's this emotion. It's this courtship. It's associated with love, but it's not the act of love. Because love, love is when you give your all to somebody, you know? Because if you think, what's the biggest act of love, right? Yeah. To give, if you were to give something to somebody, right? Let's say if somebody were to give you a box, let's say two guys were, at, were coming at you. One gives you a box of chocolates. The other one gives you, I don't know, let's say a puppy. Yeah. You're like, wow, the puppy, that was cute. But then mm -hmm. let's say this other guy goes all out and he decides to buy you a diamond ring. Then you're like, wow, that was an even bigger act of love. Yeah. Right? Then the other guy decides to go, well, then shoot, you know, let me make a vow to her, a promise a promise that I will be there for her the rest of her life. Wow, you say, an even bigger act of love. Yeah. But then this guy says, you know, let's say uh, B, guy B, you know, says, you know what? I'm going to give you my life. The promise that I will forever be devoted to you, my life, my being, that if a bullet flies through, I will jump in front of that bullet to save you. What bigger act of love? Because deep inside, we want to give what we most prize, right? What, what do you care about more than anything in your life, Rebecca? Me. Your life, right? Yeah. You care. You, you, you. Me. It's all about you, you, you. But when somebody's willing to give the you, 
the me up when they're willing to give up me for mm-hmm. you yeah that's the biggest act of love and i think that that's what everyone is searching for everyone is always looking for that for someone to give them their all but it's like and especially people my age that don't know how to give their all because they think that their all like you said is to a certain extent but when it comes to things that like dealing with issues their personal issues their baggage or anything like that it's too much it's too much i can't deal with that and i think that that's why there's so many people struggling my age to find uh someone to to be devoted to be devoted to to be in a relationship with because no one wants to deal with that no one knows what what love really is which is to give life yeah and 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 a lot of people get this misconception you know they that's the biggest act of love that there is is to give your all to somebody to give but we've we've gotten it confused because shakespeare like i said shakespeare yeah. destroyed this because up until this four, you know 13th to 16th century right uh, 14th 15th 16th century everybody knew the true meaning of love because the language of romance was not created yet. This word of romant was not mm-hmm. created yet. Romance was not created. So love was known. The, the true act of love was known up until that time. Christ, right? This, this had brought a lot in. Christ had brought in this act of love, right? Yeah. And a lot of people up until this point, even before that, you know, to give your life to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. This, this was known up until the 14th, 15th, 16th century. This act of love was known. Then Shakespeare comes along and Shakespeare takes this romant, right? This romance language, this vulgar way of speaking, this Romeo, oh, Romeo, wherefore out the Romeo, you know? Mm-hmm. He takes this and he catapults it into this, this epic story of Romeo and Juliet, right? Yeah. And people fall in love because for the first time ever, Shakespeare did something that nobody did. When you used to watch a play back in the day, that play that was watched, it was only all comedy. There was no mixture of romance and comedy. Now you see like Monster-in-Law, right? With Jennifer Lopez and this other guy. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a a movie of comedy and love. And drama, just everything. Yeah, action. There's a whole bunch of things moving along. But... Back in the day, it was if you were watching a theatrical play, it was only comedy, or it was only love, or it was only fighting, or it was only it was only a certain thing, yeah, or only drama. Shakespeare does something that nobody does, and this is why romance was made so beautiful, because he makes a theatrical play that's romance, action, comedy, drama, love, everything in one, and everybody goes. You know? Yeah. And they take this moment of death, this moment of giving where Romeo, Romeo does the act of love in which, in which society saw the act of love because they still knew what the act of love was yeah. in that time. But Shakespeare does the act of love. But Romeo, when he kills himself, if you remember the story of Romeo, Romeo doesn't kill himself. He does a fake act of love. He takes a fake thing that drops his pulse so low that makes it seem like he's dead. But Juliet does the true act of love. Juliet. And she kills herself. And she kills herself for him. 
because she loved him. She she wanted to give her all. I mean, it was a little bit stupid, but yeah. in a psychological <laughs> way, you know, she yeah. does the true act. Romeo wakes back up and he goes, oh, shoot. You know, because he didn't want to tell her because the whole plan would have been ruined. Yeah. You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, pause this podcast, go read the book or watch that Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, and then come back and finish this podcast <laughs> so that you can understand what we're talking about. So this is what he does. You know, he does this fake act of love. So we continue on with this and you see Shakespeare begins to destroy everything. He begins to show love is really romance because what does he show with Romeo and Juliet? It's all about talking. It's all about the way he speaks to Juliet. It's these acts of mm-hmm. romance that he's doing. And he shows that this is love. So Shakespeare takes this love and he begins to change society. He flips it. He does a one, an, uh, uh, um, how do you call it? A 180 degree turn. He makes you turn the whole other way. And you forget what romance is at that point. Mm-hmm. So this is what I think more or less kind of uh, brought us into this like uh, this act of, of love that destroyed everything. So now courtship. Now it's very important because... I think you, uh, uh, right now we're in a, 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 an epoch, right? In this time in which people are telling you, a girl, right? Because yeah. if you were to go 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or even 30 years ago, better said, what would happen? People would say, don't talk to the guy. You oh, know? yeah. You know, uh, let the guy come talk to you. Mm-hmm. But now we're in a time where it's, oh, those are the old days. You know, those are you know don't that's so dumb don't think about that now people didn't understand the psychology behind this Mm -hmm. you know but there's a deep psychology behind letting the guy talk to you now it goes down to science too this is very interesting because if you think about it a guy has testosterone right a guy has this need to want to go to a woman right yeah now if you make it easy for the guy the guy is going to do what he wants and then he leaves so usually what happens is if you go to a guy and you talk to him, you just made his whole job easy. He knows that you like, you like him. He doesn't need to work for it. Now, in turn, you flip the role around. When you go talk to that guy, the second you say hi, the second you begin to talk to him, you flip the role around. Now he knows that you're interested in him. Now he holds the power. He holds this concept of, ah, I know you like me. You were the first one to come talk to me. You're the one that's interested in me. Now I get to play. The, I get to move the chess pieces. Now, what happens is what happens when this role is reversed. This is the cool psychological effect, and it's good for guys too, because the guy, if he can do what he wants, right? This mm-hmm. physical sexual act as soon as he wants, he moves on, you know. But if the guy needs to work for it. Two things happen. The girl gets to uh, save herself, preserve her dignity. Many people don't, they say, what dignity? You know, uh, little Kim and Christina Aguilera destroyed this image of dignity, right? They go, ah, you know, we can be like guys. We can, it's not good for a guy to go walking around screwing everything he wants. So a woman shouldn't want that either, Mm -hmm. you know? A woman should should be able to want the need to preserve herself, you know? 
Now, the reason why I say this is, is one, I'm uh, of course because I'm a Christian, but two, the psychological effects that it has on a woman and the psychological effects that it has on a man. Now, yeah. what happens is when you make the guy work for this moment, what happens with this guy? This guy does two things. If he truly loves you, if he truly has the desire to love you for who you are, he's going to work at it. And he's going to try to get this love from you. In mm-hmm. turn, if you do make him work hard for it and you don't give it all to him, this guy, you will know, you will be able to more or less filter out whether it's true love or it's an eros love, a sexual attraction. Attraction. Eros is, is this Greek word of sexual attraction, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, is it this sexual attraction that he has or is he willing to hold his, his base passion back to love you for who you are in your mind. You know? This is what this is what you want, right? Yeah. This is what all girls want. They want to be loved for who they are, you know? But now society has flipped it. Whew. They flipped it in a way that in order for you to get looked at, you have to post on Instagram, you have to post on Facebook some uh provocative way of dressing, right? Yeah, you, you have, have to, to dress the, the nice. shorter the mini dress, all the better because guys are looking at me. You know what you do? When you wear a short mini dress or you wear something that's very tight that uh, guys can look at you and visualize something, you 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 are are attracting the wrong man. You know, mm-hmm. you're attracting a man, right? People say, "Oh no, that's their fault." No, it's not true. Take that back. It's like, because oh, I can dress the way that I want. Yeah, because and, it's my body. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and and then they get mad when they get a guy who only wants to screw them and then move on to the next one, right? Yeah. And think about this. People say, no, that's such a dumb way of thinking. No, it's not. Because if you dress like an emo girl, right? All black, spikes and Mm -hmm. spiky hair. Who are you going to attract, Rebecca? The same kind of people that are... An emo guy. A punk rock guy. If you dress all hip hop, who are you going to attract? The hip hop guys. If you dress all provocatively, who are you going to attract? The guys that just want to just get at it and go. Exactly. This is very, this is very, this is a psychological thing, you know? And then, and then many girls wonder, but I don't get it. How come my relationships don't work out? Because you dressed provocatively and you attracted a guy who just wanted to do something with you. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't your intention. And this is what society has misinformed us. Maybe this wasn't your intention, but this is what you're attracting without you knowing. So it's, it's very important, you know? Um, and it's funny because a lot of girls will go to an extent to find this love, any kind of love that they can get. And that's why uh, a lot of girls dress provocatively, too. I feel like like in I know that some girls dress that way because that's the only type of love that they can get. Because let's say they've tried to find a decent guy or anything. And it's funny because many, many guys don't want to work for it because of past relationships because the girl hasn't given them their all because it goes both ways and um i really like that part with with dressing provocatively because i am a girl and it is it's very it's like a very controversial thing because it uh because of this whole movement that's going on but i also like it because it shows that us girls need to have this dignity. We need to be uh, 
we need to preserve ourselves because we want to find somebody who loves us for who we are. We don't need to dress a certain way. We don't need to be uh, a certain way. And that's how we find this this guy who's willing to do everything. And then I see that, you know, I fell into that too, where my experience where I would do anything and everything for a guy to love me. But now I'm like, you know what? No, I don't need to do that. I, I need to be who I need to be, which is to dress properly, to uh, love myself, and to also um, dress well and be the girl that is looking for someone who can love me for the way that I am. Yeah, and, and this is this is very very good because um, there's th- this this way of looking for love is very dangerous, you know, because you find yourself in a circle and and you don't know that it's you that caused you, that push, puts yourself into this circle of depression because you do this once, twice with a boyfriend, three times, four mm-hmm. times, five times. If you're going on to three, four times with, you know, and you you probably hear this a lot where girls will say, I always find the same type of guys. Why yeah. do I always find guys that hurt me? Yeah. Stop to think about this. Whoever's listening to this podcast, you know, girls, guys, you know, because guys go through this too, but guys are too proud. I hear this a lot in the barbershop. You know, I'm, I'm cutting guys all day long. So I hear this all the time with guys, you know, they'll say to themselves, uh, why do I always find myself in this situation, you know? And, and and this is sometimes why some girls will will turn lesbian, you know? Because they're like, guys are all the same. Girls know how to truly That's love somebody, yes. you know? And think about this. Think about where you're putting yourself. Because the place that you find yourself in, and, and this, is, this is very, um, if you're going to a club to look for a guy, it's not a good place. It's not a good place for you to look for a boyfriend or for you to look for a guy or a girl. Because usually if a girl's going out, she's seeking attention. Very dangerous to go after somebody who's seeking attention. If you're a guy that's going after a girl. Because if this girl is seeking attention, that means at any little thing that comes near her way, she's going to go for it. And then when she wakes up in the morning or the next day or two days later... Some better guy comes around and she goes, ah, finally, I can get rid of this one. She's used you. Same thing with the guy. The guy goes out. Usually guys are going out to club and they're hoping to find the next thing, you know, to get in and then get out and then mm-hmm. be done with that girl, you know? And the same thing happens with clubs, you know? And, and it's very important to look for a place in which the moral ground is, 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 is based very strongly, you know? And this is why it's good to look in a church because... Usually, if you're going to a church, you're going to find a guy who, 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 who wants to love you for who you are, who wants to respect you, you know? I'm not saying all guys in churches are good, you know? But, you know, you can find a good-looking guy in there. You can, um, all kinds of things, you know? Their, their morality behind love is very, very different, giving their life for you, you know? Now, I'm not telling everybody, you know, who's listening to this podcast, you know, Go out, you know, and go, go into to the church. New- yeah, go to a church a right guy. now. No, I'm not telling you that. Relax, you know. Take a step back here. I'm just trying to give you some information as to how to look for a guy or a girl, you know, because um, this is something very, very, you know, um, a, a misconception that people have. You know, they think, oh, I gotta go out to the bar. I gotta go out here, and and usually this is why relationships tend to fail because you're you're out looking for the guy in the wrong place. Now, um, this is another thing. Sex before marriage. 
This is so, so, so dangerous. And I'm going to give you the reasons why, right? Let's see. I don't even know where to start with this. Now, if you have sex before marriage, now, this first you have to understand what happens. Because when you enter into sex, what happens is this, you, 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 you get this orgasm. And what happens is you get this shot of dopamine into your brain, right? That gives mm-hmm. you this moment of excitement, right? Now, what happens is, is um, it's good. What happens with this thing, with, with this moment of, of, of this, this uh, arousement, I guess you could say, is that if you have a boyfriend that you're just getting to know, more than likely you don't know if he's a mommy's boy. You don't know if he does his own dishes, if he cleans his own clothes, if he wipes his own ass good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's still like dookie stains on there's his underwear. There's actually men that are like that. A lot of guys. You yeah. know what I mean? It's crazy, you know? You, you met this guy two months ago, and the only reason why he still looks the way he looks is because he's still trying to impress you. So he takes a good shower, you know? Mm-hmm. He he. If you go over his house, he cleans up his clothes. He 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 decorates his house nicely. He tries to put a good smell because he knows it smells like shit in there. You know? Oh, I'm not supposed to be cursing. So, you got to go back there. But, uh, but it's true, you know? And, and, and you look at these different things. And what happens, you know? When you when you have this, this orgasm, the shot of dopamine goes into your brain. And what happens is you forget all the bad stuff. You're blinded to all the bad stuff, right? Yeah. When you're a person that gets high and you get this 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 chemical balance into your brain that shoots you, that gives you this excitement, do you think a person that's having cocaine, that's addicted to cocaine, do you think they see all the problems? Oh, no. They don't see none of the problems. That's why they, people have to try to do interventions. And even at that, interventions most of the time don't work, you know? Because these people are so blinded to all the problems in their life weed you know uh, a person who's who, who's addicted who has gluttony in their life who's addicted to food who you know you tell him that he's gonna die you know how many people that are like 600 pounds out there you know and, and i don't judge them but you tell there's 600 pounds out there and they're at the point of death mm-hmm. they're at the point that they're gonna die and the doctor is telling them you're gonna die and guess what they still keep eating they can't help it that they've had a connection with food and if you listen to a lot of these stories they'll they'll say oh my mom died and my only support was food and you probably and some people probably think this is funny they go oh that's so funny these fat people like how could they do that that's yeah, so weird their mom will die and then they looked for comfort in food which gave them this excitement this feeling of comfort you know and you hear that a lot with with people who are overweight they get this feeling of comfort this is what happens with sexual sexual attractions. And this is a big, big problem because you when you get that shot of dopamine, when you get this high from that moment that you had with that person, you're blinded to all the problems. Mm-hmm. And what happens three years down the road when you get married or you decide to move in with this person or two years down the road? When you move in and then you've, you're, you, this, this excitement has worn off, you know, because you've become immune to, to this, this arousal, attraction, this, this orgasm, you've become immune to it. So now you've gotten to know this person. And as you've gotten to know this person, you're like, I don't like this and I can't deal with this. Where, where did this come from? You, 
this person was always like this. The problem is, is that you were blinded from that moment of arousal, that moment that you slept with that person. From that moment on, you were blinded to everything. But what happens when you're able to hold back that moment this of this physical intimacy with this person? What happens is you're able to realize the flaws in this person. You're able mm-hmm. to look over and go, oh my God. And, and, and then what happens is that, that sexual attraction gets dialed back. And then the same thing. It gets dialed back again when you see another flaw. And then you see that he doesn't clean and he's wearing the same socks three days in a row because you saw those same colors and you saw a little permanent marker that was matched on them. And you're like, this, this nasty guy has yeah. not washed his socks. Another dial back. You know? and, and it begins to happen. So next thing you know, you're, you're down to zero and you're not sexually attracted to this guy and you don't even like him anymore. You, know? mm-hmm. you begin to realize the flaws in this person. This is what that moment of this uh, arousal attraction. And, and the other problem that happens is I hate this. I hate that people don't stop to think about this one, you know, and I, and, and I shouldn't think like this, but and it should, I shouldn't become judgmental, you know, but people don't stop to think because they'll say, well, how do I know if I'm going to like it in bed with this person? Or uh, I can't devote myself if, if, if I haven't tried them out. Yeah. You know, and this is stupid. This is very, very, very dumb. How do I know if I'm going to like it? Oh, my God. You know, no, don't be dumb. Whoever's listening to this guy or woman, you know, think about this very, very hard and very, very deep, you know, because deep inside uh, and this is proven, there's there's people who have had, you know, this moment of attraction, this orgasm, this orgasmic moment and some people have never even had a physical uh, connection from their, right, let's say their lower parts for parents or people who are listening to this with their kids around, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like to try to keep this clean because I've heard that there's a lot of people who will listen to this in the car with their kids. And so I want want you to learn, but I want to keep it clean at the same time. So that's why I'm going to say this, you know, without using their lower parts, they have this orgasmic moment, you know? Yeah. And, and so, it, it, and, and that's what you look for, you know? When you're going to have this moment of intimacy with this other person, you're looking for this moment, you know? That's what you're looking for. You're not looking to see if it, it, it feels great with her or it feels great with him, you know? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. What you're looking for is for that moment, that moment of high, right, with that person, that that peak moment and we all know what i'm talking about you know yeah. that's what you look for you know so it's not about let me be with them to know if i'm gonna like them no no no. because that moment can happen without you two even touching each other and there's proof there's proof scientific proof of this it's not that i make this up you know yeah so this is very very bad you know you you think oh how am i know if I'm, you're gonna by you loving them by by finding true love within this person it'll happen no matter how they look, no matter what happens, no matter which way it goes, no, just it's all the matter of the intellect and an intellectual attraction with this yeah. other person. So, and that's the sad part is that a lot of people don't think like this, you know, you know, why? Because you're, you, you know, the truth is, you know, for everybody who's listening to this podcast, you're seeking love. You know, we all seek to be loved. This is what everybody's looking for. You're seeking for somebody to love you exactly the way you are, you know? 
mm-hmm. not to be changed. You know, and we spoke about this with Fernando and Leslie. Make this an internal decision, not an external decision, you know? Yeah. Make sure that when you do this, it's not because, you know, this is what this guy wants in you, you know? Both of you should be able to love each other for who the other one is. It doesn't need to be a a physical attraction, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, it needs to be both. It needs to be an intellectual and a physical attraction between the two. Yeah. But it it, it needs to be, uh, I think, an even balance of the two. Yes. So, you know, I don't know what it is that you're seeking, you know, so. Well, for me, it's it's, it's very uh, difficult because... um, Right now, now I'm actually learning to see what it what it is that I find attractive, because it's a now that I have a clear mindset of of what I want to be, who I want to be, and where I want to be. It's like now, now I'm looking for somebody who has the same morals as I do, because I am Christian as well, um, and I want to find somebody who believes in that, who, because I heard many times, especially since I am Christian, I hear that getting into a relationship with someone who doesn't have the same morals as you, that causes a lot of arguments, a lot of disagreements. Uh, let's, let's say I do get married to someone who isn't, who doesn't have the same morals. How am I going to raise the children? The children need to be this way. And, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I want to find somebody who has the same morals as, as I do. Also, like, uh, as um, what I like the most about men is how, uh, how open they can be. Because I see that now when I talk to some a guy or when if I'm interested in them and I want to be friends, it, there's no... Um, they're not willing to be open. They're not willing to show this emotional side. And I see that it's it's a sort of a man's attitude to not show their side of weakness. But I, I personally, and I think many um, girls can agree with this, that they like to see an emotional side to guys, this uh, uh, a sensitive part to them. Yeah, and... and- here's here's one thing that's very very important you know you 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 touched on something that um that i think a lot of people get a misconception of a guy needs to be tough you know and and many guys uh get confused about this they think oh i need to be tough and i need to not show my emotions but a guy needs to be tough when it comes to um uh protecting providing and being a man for his family you know mm-hmm. being the the caretaker being the one who's there you know it, that's when he needs to be tough you know when when you don't want to go to work when when uh when the child is sick and your wife is sick and uh you need to stay up late at night you know and and you you gotta you know get one hour of sleep and then still go to work to be able to provide, you know, to put food on the table, uh, to be able to help out your wife when you've worked 60, 70 hours a week, you know, this is, this is to be tough. That's, that's where a man needs to be tough. But then on the emotional sense, he does need to express 
who he is, you know, to see. Because sometimes as guys, we, we try to put off this, this tough exterior attitude and we think we can't show our emotion because it makes us look weak, you mm-hmm. know. But it's not true. To show your emotion in, in a way, it's strength, you know. To, to, to be like this is, is to show a true toughness, you know. And, yeah. and the sad part is, is that you're, you're constantly told all your life, you know, you know uh, uh, don't cry. You know, you, your mom would, would spank you, you know, and, you know, and next thing you know, you're like, ah! she's like, stop crying, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're told all your life, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. Don't show your emotions. Don't show your emotions. And then a moment like that comes and, and you don't want to show your emotions. And it's starting to become like that even with girls, too. You know, girls are are, are less and less showing their emotion because they think guys are. You know, they don't care about that. They don't want that. Yeah. And that's one thing that's that really attracts me to a guy is when they show that side. Because if not, then I, I feel like I'm speaking to a robot. Like, they, they they don't have anything. Like, they're all set. They don't need anybody. And I'm like, okay, cool. You, That's how you are? Then then, then that, that instantly, for me, I'm unattracted. Because it shows a guy that is just very proud. He just wants to be... Uh, strong and it's like no you're human you can you can act weak and it's okay and I and I see that now that I'm back in college and I'm at this university I see that a lot of guys are like that they're very tough they want to hide this emotional side of them because uh, once they let that out or they've experienced where they have let go of this this uh, this um, how do you say kind of like this uh, gate or this boundary um they someone's abused them someone's abused that side of them and used it against them and i see and it goes for the same with with girls it's it's hard for us to be open and some girls it, it's easy but for a lot of us it's very hard to be open because instantly we feel like once we're vulnerable they can attack us they can easily hit us in that that weak point but i see that um, that this, that that's part of romance. And when you let someone see this vulnerable vulnerability, it uh, it instantly attracts them. And I see that it goes for both men and women. You get instantly attracted to see that, oh, he's she's going through the same problem as I am. Oh, he's going through this too. I I know how you feel. When you that I find that as for me a sign of romance when someone is open to tell you everything that they're going through and and they're they don't care if 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 it's too much baggage because it's it's something that everybody longs for everyone wants to know what's wrong everyone wants to know deep inside somebody when they're attracted to someone i want to know more and more and more and more and when they let um when that person opens up and lets them into that that is to me, that's my high feeling, where I'm like, wow, this person has let me enter into their most vulnerable state. Like it, that instantly attracts me to to a guy when they're that vulnerable, when they're that open, because many guys aren't. And I think if there's any guy, any well, if all the guys that are listening to this, to be open, to not be scared. It, it's it's scary to be uh, 
open to somebody because you're like, no, they're going to hurt me with this and they're going to say this. And if we ever get into an argument, they're going to they're going to put this back in my face. Well, if you really do like this person, then be open with them. And if you really do want to find somebody, because I know everyone is finding somebody to to have this relationship with, to be married, um, be open. Because for girls, it's it's a way for us to feel like like we're not alone. Because that's also how girls feel, that no one understands. But when a guy can understand us, it's like, it's like we have a protector. It's like we have someone who understands, someone who knows us as well. Because you want, a girl wants a guy to love her the way that she is. And when she is vulnerable and he accepts that, it's, to me, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, and, and, and for all the young, um, young people who are listening, people who might be in like high school, if you're desperately seeking love, be very cautious because um, think about this. Wh- whoever is listening to this podcast right now, if you're desperately, desperately seeking love, think about the relationship that you have with your father. It could be a fatal, hard relationship. Maybe they don't talk to you. Maybe he doesn't talk to you. Maybe he doesn't like to listen to you. Maybe uh, you seek his love. You're trying hard to to get his attention and you've yet to get it. Um, And I tell people this all the time. If the person that you tend to want to marry tends to be the exact image of your father, right? Because when you look for a man, uh, what you know as a man is your father. You know, yeah. from a little girl, you know, two, three years old, you know, from the moment that you, you wake into consciousness that you can start remembering, you know, I always tell people, you know, this is going a little bit off topic, but, you know, there's a moment that you woke up where you're just like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, I can start <laughs> remembering things in my life. You know, I was like three years old when I woke up to that. I was like, you know, and I, I just can't remember anything before that moment in my life. And I'm just like. But anyways, back to this moment, from the moment that you woke up into consciousness that you could remember, you know, all you've known up until this moment that maybe if you're in high school or or maybe you're an adult, you're 28 years old, you're 30 years old, 32, 25, who knows, whatever your age is, what you've known to be a man since birth has been your father. You know, if, if, if you've had that father image around you, if not, you have the father wound, which is a whole nother psychological talk that I don't want to get into, but for yeah. those of you who do have your father around, um, that's all you know to be a man. So when you seek a man in this in your subconscious, you're looking for somebody who falls into the image of the only man that you truly know, which is your father. And if if you're desperately seeking attention, and maybe your father isn't the best re- representation, maybe he gets drunk, and, and he could have his reasons. So don't judge, you know. Maybe he's he gets pissed off. Maybe he uh, he's never around and he's gambling. Maybe he's a, a, a womanizer. Who knows? Don't don't judge because each one of us has our own stories. But if uh, if you are seeking, be careful because if that's a bad relationship, then that's the same exact type of bad relationship that you're going to get into when you're desperately seeking for love. You know because that's all you know to be a man. So. A lot of the times you'll hear and and, and whoever's married um, and, and, you know, maybe you do this a lot with with the person that you love, you know, whoever is married, 
they'll say a lot of the times, you're just like my mom. You're just like my dad. You're just like, you know, yeah. you hear these words a lot. You know, you're so much like them. The Even reason, in movies, in books, you hear it. All the time, you know. And the reason why is because all you know to be a man or a woman is the person that you've known since you were a baby. If you have a good relationship with your father, and it's and it's a psychological effect. If if you have a good relationship with your father, and he gives you all the attention, all the love that you're looking for, you tend to not want to seek that love anywhere else. But if you're desperately seeking love outside, right? If you're not getting that attention from your father, and if you're 16, 17 years old, desperately seeking love, be very cautious because more than likely you have a bad relationship with your father and that's why you're looking for that attention because in your subconscious you're looking for that attention that your father does not give you mm-hmm. many people don't know this you know but if you're getting married and you 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 see that you're having a problem it's you probably married somebody that's just like your father or your mother because that's all you know to be woman or man you know so mm-hmm. And it's crazy because, you know, you're saying this whole thing about, um, you know, how guys don't talk and everything. And, and I blame a lot of this on, you know, uh, to, to social media. Yeah. Because, you know, a guy now makes this, it, it's so easy, you know. It's, it, you know, Neil deGrasse said something very interesting. He goes, now, you know, you, you use Tinder and it's just to go have sex with the next person, yeah. you know. Swipe, I like them. Swipe, I don't like them. Swipe, I don't like them. Swipe, mm-hmm. swipe, swipe left, swipe right, swipe left. I don't even know which way you know you're swiping anymore because I'm not part of that. But I, you, I mean, I don't have it either, so I don't know. <laughs> you, but you you're swiping one way or another, and the person looks over, you know, and and they don't have to work for anything anymore. They no. don't have to go through all the trouble, the sweating of, oh my god, I like this girl. Oh my god, I don't like that guy. Oh my god, I like you know. How do I get them to talk to me? He doesn't have to think of his in in his head all the different romantic gestures that he needs to do in order to court you, to mm-hmm. make you truly fall in love with him. Yeah. So in turn, both of you know you have a sexual attraction towards each other. Why do you think relationships don't work out? Because neither one of you had to work for something. And, and when you don't have to work for something, you don't care about it. Just like a person who gets a car from his, his mother or his father, you know, and he, he didn't have to work for it, what's going to happen? If he doesn't have to pay for it, when he crashes that car, he don't give it you know what about it you know mm-hmm. so what does he do he crashes it and mommy and daddy pay for another one so he crashes the next one and you hear this story a lot a lot of people or who are the first uh the 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 firstborns they tend to get uh their car given to them and then they tend to crash it and then they learn and the next one they're like well you got to pay for it because i'm not gonna make, making the same mistake again and yeah same thing with the relationship if you don't got to work for that relationship guess what you're not going to care about it so you're going to do what you want to do and you're going to move on to the next one you know because Ah, I don't care if I break this girl's heart, but when you're invested into a relationship and you see that you can break somebody's heart and you've gotten to know them and you, you, you see, you, instead of seeing just, uh, um, instead of seeing an, uh, just a, an object, you see another human being. And when you see that human being, you look over and you go, damn, like I, I, I can't just mess around with this person's emotion. You know, I can't just going at every whim of my will, just whatever my base passion is to do whatever it is that I want with this girl or guy. I can't mess around with them because I see a human, you know, I see a person that has emotions, you know. So if you're on Tinder and if you're on Facebook looking for somebody, guess what? This is a bad, bad place to be looking 
Because not only that, the reason why a lot of these young guys don't know how to how to approach a girl is because, you know, you probably see this a lot. A guy will look, you know, uh, somebody will comment on your picture and then you see them in the store and they just turn away from you. Yeah. Like like they never they didn't even know who you are. Like they Mm -hmm. never even posted a, a comment on your picture. And why? Because when you're texting, you could say whatever you want, you know? You could be whoever you want to be. You can act however you want to act. But when you're in front, you have to work beyond yourself, your being, to do something outside, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's a moment of courtship too, you know? When a girl sees, you know, and, and guys don't understand this. And girls, you know, maybe you haven't processed this thought. But what, what, sometimes what makes you attracted to a guy who gets so nervous is because he's going outside of who he is to do something for you. And when you see that, you become attracted to that and you like that. And maybe you think it's cute. Maybe you think it's beautiful because this man is breaking who he is as a being to try to approach you, you know? Mm-hmm. But people don't know how to do this anymore. People don't know how to talk. That's why I think a guy from the 50s and the 60s or the 40s or the 30s would sweep girls off their feet in this modern day age. And if a guy I believe that. If a guy from today's modern day age were to go into the past, oh my god, he would get ridiculed. He would be just defamed. He, he would look like an idiot. Why? Because he's uh he doesn't know how to speak because you say whatever it is that you want and then you meet the person and 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 and, and maybe you meet this person. Many people have probably had this this uh, situation happen. Where you, you say, let's meet up, let's talk, let's this. And you have a great conversation, maybe. Or, or, or maybe it was cool and attraction happened over the over the inter, in, internet or social media. And then you meet up and you're like, this person... This guy was not, or this girl was not who I expected to be. Yeah, they don't talk. Oh my God, that conversation sucked. Well, guess what? Both of you don't know how to talk. So what did you expect? What were you expecting? Were you expecting a great romantic conversation to go down? No, it's not going to happen because neither one of you knows how to put your phone down, your social media, and learn to just talk with somebody, mm-hmm. you know? And this happens in relationships. This is why people can't find, you know? You know, and, and you know, I, I think we'll end with that just because, you know, there's so much more to get into. And this is just on the misconception, of romance and love. I mean, if there's, I don't know if there was something else that you had in mind. No, with everything that you said, I completely agree with. You know, and so this is something for everybody. You know, this is something that I want everybody to be able to listen to. Um, even for parents, you know, be very careful uh, on the relationship that you live in front of your children because you are giving them uh, the image of what their future relationship needs to be, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. parents, if you're having a, um, a poisonous, uh, uh, hurtful, dangerous, bad relationship with somebody and you're not married to them and, and, and you have nothing to do with them, be very careful because you're showing, you're connecting a word, a word that they've yet to put a definition to. You know, I don't know if you know this, but if I were to ask you for the meaning of the, you use the word the many times, right? Yeah. What's the meaning of the? Well, I mean, isn't it used in front of an adjective, verb, noun? Yeah. If I were to give you the meaning. <laughs> I don't know what the meaning is. If I were to give you, if I were to say, 
Give me the meaning of wood. That's kind of hard to, like, a meaning? You would have to describe it. Like the definition of wood. Like in the dictionary. If I were to say, give me a definition to wood, what would it be? I have no idea. Yeah, you know. <laughs> what you know of wood is like a table. You know yeah. that it's like a tree. That it comes from a yeah. tree and it's a table. You've seen the action, the, the, that verb, that noun of wood. You yeah. know it in here through experiential knowledge. You know it in your head. I'm pointing to my head right now. A lot of you guys can't see this, but yeah. I'm like pointing at my head real hard. About to <laughs> poke a hole in there. But you know through experiential knowledge what the word wood means. But you don't know its definition. You know? You, if I were to ask you, I could do this with multiple people, you know, because people don't believe this sometimes. And I tell them, I say, what's the meaning of this? So parents, very, very careful the relationship that you have in front of your children. Why? Because you're giving them the definition to that word that they were probably never going to look up. Like I, I did with you at romance. Now you look over and you go, wow romance and love i never knew those definitions i never knew yeah. the history for the first time ever you're enlightened you're like i'm not looking for romance mm-hmm. i'm not looking for this 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 courtship for flowers for 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 chocolate that's a romantic gesture to be yeah. able to court you to then be able to love you you know be you you can't in order for you to love somebody you have to truly know them you know but but the parents who are having relationships that are very uh, poisonous, very horrible relationships, you're you're telling your child how they're how what's the definition of that of the word relationship. So they're gonna go out and look for something, and when they get with a guy who's drunk, and, and, and or a guy who smokes weed all the time and, and and doesn't get a job, you know, or or a guy who lives for himself, in their brain they're gonna think that this is normal. Because all they've known to be normal was that relationship that you showed them. They yeah. never, they never knew. And, and you, you know, you probably see this with your friends. You know, you probably tell them stories about your mom and your dad. You know, and they're like, "Huh?" They're like, "How? How are they even together? Yeah. Like, yeah why? Or it, it's even just uh, like people are just amazed that my parents have been married for like tw- well. 20 they've been together for 27 years they're like how do they do it because my my parents aren't and it's like well i mean they learn to accept this part of them my mom has learned to love the way that my dad is to accept him and my dad has done the same thing with my mom yeah and and that's the same thing with me you know my parents you know uh, 30 plus years i think and 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 they 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 go well why why it's like it's a mystery, you know, yeah. for, for everybody. It's a mystery. It's a, oh my God. Like, what's the secret? What, yeah, what did you do? Yeah. It's love. It wasn't romance. It was love. It was true love, you know, and, and people have this misconception they, they get divorced because they're like, ah, oh, I just don't feel it anymore. You know, he just doesn't do what he used to do. You know, he used to be so romantic. You know, you know you felt you felt in love with the concept of love, which it, which in your head was romance. You never fell in love with him, you know. To fall in love is when that person, like I had said before, when that person does the biggest act of love, which is to give their life. Now, to give their life doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can be an ontic thing. Now, ontic means like the being, the person, you, mm-hmm. who you are. So 
you know, a, a, a guy can give his life for a girl when that guy has a 60 hour work week. And when he has that 60 hour work week, what is he doing? He comes back home and his wife is, is, is busy with the kids doing the dishes. She hasn't gotten the laundry. She still needs to wash the kids. You know, she still needs to put the food on the table, feed the kids, do the homework. And instead of you coming home to sit down on your butt to watch TV as a guy, he decides to go, you know what? 60 hours of work. Let me pick up the workload here. And you give your wife a break and you pick up that workload. The wife goes, wow, he worked 60 hours this week and he just finished a 12 hour shift. And now he's coming home to do that. And he, he's giving up his free time. He's giving up the time that he has, the, the, the time to watch football, the time to watch uh, movies, the time to sit down and just rest. And he's doing my job. And a lot of people uh, get confused with that because um, when a man or even a, a, a woman does that for their husband or wife, it uh, encourages them to love the other person even more, to be open, to do more, to to uh, give their life more, to love them more. Because when some... Cause a lot of people forget that it it uh, we try to force the other person, and that's not love. And from what I've seen through my parents, and the fact both of my sisters are also married, to see that it, it takes one of them to to give their life, because once one of them, because it happens all the time. My dad comes home tired, and he's like, you know what? Let me wash the dishes, and my mom just even with that my mom makes an even better meal just small examples like that where when someone gives their life already even more is when the other person is like you know what okay then i'll give it even more yeah let me extend that act of love even more to you you know mm -hmm. because but a lot of people have a misconception and this is what happens with a lot of relationships so those of you are listening very close attention to how this domino effect works they think well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, uh, uh, he doesn't want to do this. Well, I'm not going to do that either. You know? So both people are waiting to receive, you know? Well, he doesn't want to get up off his lazy butt. Well, guess what? I'm not going to cook food, you know? And, and the sad part is, is people don't look at the consequences of their decisions. They don't see that the child is the one that gets affected, you know? Yeah. The mom doesn't want to cook. Well, I'm not going to cook food. You cook food. And the husband goes, well, I'm not going to cook. Well, you cook. So the kid, you know, and there's so many people like this and, and people is going to, you, you might think this is sad, but this is the truth. You know, some people, out, some kids out there, this happens, you know, you cook, no, you cook, no, you cook, no, you cook, no, you cook. And then at the end they go, well, I'm no not one, cooking. Well, I'm not cooking. No one's cooking. And you, you, so many kids that'll eat a bowl of cereal for dinner. They ate a bowl of cereal for breakfast. They went home, ate some crappy food at school, and then they came home for dinner and they fell asleep. And they went and they, they had a bowl of cereal because the two parents that couldn't. Now, don't judge because this happens a lot. This, and this could be you because you, you maybe have a misconception of love. You know, just like those two couples that you cook, you cook, you cook, you cook, you know. You could be that next you cook relationship, you know. When, when two people are don't want to give up who they are, they're both constantly waiting to receive, 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 receive. And since and both take, are and take and take yeah, and take, yeah, and, and when 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 both 
are waiting to receive, neither one's going to get anything. But when both are willing to give it all, they're both going to receive so, so, so much. You know, when both people are willing to give and give and give and give and give and give and keep giving, mm -hmm. then it just becomes a relationship of so much love. And when there's that much love being spread around, mm -hmm. it naturally will pour into the child. So the, the love that you're cooking for for your husband, now that same love goes into the children. And the love that you're doing to help your wife, you know, and now instead of the wife being grumpy and pissed off because she did so much work and her, her night has become hectic, now she's got a little bit more emotion in her heart that she can share with that child that night and not scream at him and be impatient with him, you know? So this love that's being passed around eventually overflows to the point where it gets passed on to the child. Yeah. And a lot of people don't see this like this, you know? Because of this misconception of love, this not wanting to give your life. I don't want to die. I don't want to, I don't want to have to give my life. This act of love of giving my life for the other, you know? So they think to themselves, uh, I, I can't do that. Or I did enough. Yeah. Now it's their turn. Yeah, now it's their turn, you know? But, and, and then some people don't even know what love is. This is why I wanted to have this podcast because some people don't even know what true love is. Some people are, are listening to this right now thinking... Or, or maybe they, they, they do this, but they don't know this consciously in their head right now. They haven't gotten the whole definition of their relationship, you know? Many people are looking over and, and, and listening to this podcast and going, me and my husband truly love each other. And some people are going to listen to this podcast and are listening to this right now, and they're going, oh my God, that's why my relationships don't work. Because I've been looking for love totally wrong. I've been looking for romanticism. I haven't been looking for a guy who's willing to give his life for me. I, I've been looking for somebody that'll do all the right gestures in life, you know? And, 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 and marriages fail because the romanticism has been gone. This moment of romance, right? Of this, Greek, of this Latin word has been lost. You know, this, this way of speaking, this... There's people, you know, I always tell people all the time, do you think that, you know, because so some people will end marriages because he doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't kiss me. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do these gestures. And he's not the same guy that he used to be. You know, don't misconceive that because what would happen with a guy who's in the middle of the desert, who, who's mute, speaks with sign language and lives in a poor little shack this little shelter that he built with wood in in, in in skin from animals you know do you think that he could have a beautiful love relationship with a woman no why because oh wait he could yeah <laughs> because yeah. it's not I took that question wrong <laughs> yeah because he because he doesn't need you don't need a flower you don't need you know it's that man could have a great relationship with another woman because he would give her the act of love. He'd be willing to do anything for that woman. He'd be willing to give his own life. So in turn, a woman could love him. She doesn't need a rose from him because in the middle of the desert, no rose grows, right? She, she won't love him for his words because he's a mute man. She won't love him for the big house that he has because He's built his own house with a little small thing, a little tribe, a little tent, you know, but he can, a woman can love him for who he is, mm -hmm. 
because he's given her the act of love to give his life for her physical and this ontic being this this the, to, to give his his emotional his personal his when he's when he's all tired you know you know that is the true act of love you know when when a husband or a wife comes home and, and is so mad from work and, and they let it out on you, you know, and instead of the husband or, or the wife yelling and saying, why are you talking to me like that? You're so disrespectful, you blah, 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 blah. You know, it, the, the wife decides to go, let me eat this. He had a hard day at work. Or the husband, yeah. let me eat this. She must have had a tough day with the kids or, 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 or at work, you know, but they don't. They, they take it personal. You know, forgetting that we're human beings, you know, we, we, we all treat each other like we're gods, you know, and we're not. We're, we're emotional human beings that don't know how to uh, handle emotional stress. So, you know, hopefully with this podcast, everybody has learned a little bit. Everybody has learned the difference between love and romance. I hope that people have been able to listen to this podcast and and maybe i've enlightened you enough to want to be able to look for love in the truest form you know don't look for romanticism look for somebody who's willing to love you for who you are you know change who you are as a person don't dress a certain way so that a guy can look at you or guys don't dress a certain way so the girls can look at you you know Make sure that they love you for who you are. Don't dress provocatively because then you're looking for somebody who's going to like you for the physical, not the intellectual. So it's very, very important that you begin to discern how you live your life. You know, this is all going to this is all going to factor in if you find some a man who's who's going to love you for the rest of your life. You know, you know, where are you looking for this man? how you dress, how you talk, how you act, what you think love truly is, you know? Because it, it, this is why relationships lasted for so long. And then it seems like now in these last few years, you know, there's so many failed marriages now. Mm -hmm. There's tons of failed marriages everywhere. Why? Yeah. Because, you know, and, and, and people take this like a normality. Like it's an, a typical normal thing. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, people fight, and, and this is another thing. People fight, and, and when they start fighting, they're like, oh, the, the relationship is done because we're fighting. We've been pissed off, you know. Do you know the reason why two people will fight? Two people who never talk to each other, who, who never see each other, who only spend one hour a day with each other, they're never going to see the flaw in the other. They're, they're never going to see that moment when they scratch their butt and sniff it or, or pick their <laughs> nose or and yeah. eat their booger, you know what I mean? Or... Or, or, or I don't know, fart, you know, it, it, when you're sitting down on the couch and they got to sit there and smell that fart that they just blew up, you know, that makes you want to gag, you know, yeah. you're never going to know all the bad stuff if you're never spending time with them. Usually couples, if you fight a lot, the reason why you fight so much is because you spend so much time with each other and you've gotten to know that person for who they are. And in, in, in turn, you can learn to love them for who they are, you know, because I always tell people, you can't say you love somebody unless you know them. You can't say you love chocolate. You can't say you love chocolate. If you've never tried chocolate, how could you say you love chocolate? You can't. Yeah. You know, you need to get to know that 
that one what the texture the richness the sweetness of chocolate is to say that i and love take it your time and take your time it's not like you can just chew it up and just swallow it and be like oh i like chocolate yeah you have to savor that moment of chocolate the same thing with a couple if you're fighting more than likely it's because you're spending a lot of time don't take that moment and run away because uh, every couple every relationship has problems you know and don't when the problem comes you don't run away from it a lot of psychologists have a misconception and i don't like this you know and the more and more i begin to study the more and more i see that this is a bad 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 idea and i tell you from personal experience and and i've helped so many people within my church and people take this like a joke i tell them you know when we go and visit them at different houses and, and people, I, it's not 99%, 90%. I've done this with multiple, multiple, multiple couples, you know? I tell them, as long as you want to make this work, this relationship will still work. No, 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 but they don't want to be with me no more. They found somebody else to be with. I'm like, yep. I promise you, as long as you want to make this work, this relationship will work. And it'll be more beautiful than it ever was. And people go, shut up shut up i don't believe it i don't it's believe never it. worked out before yeah. i've never seen it and i've done this not not nine out of ten not eight out of ten ten out of ten couples that i've met and i've done this not with one not with ten not with 20 not with a lot of couples when when we visited them in their homes that their relationship has worked why because you know they have a misconception of everything you know and 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 i tell them you have to learn to love them. Learn to love them for who they are. The problem is, yeah. is that people don't get to know the person, you know? So, mm -hmm. anyways, we're like at a minute, an hour and 30 minutes. Oh. Well, one thing I wanted to add was also for any of the younger view um, listeners um, that are in high school, 18, 19, um, to really think if you guys are in a relationship to really think about it and like carlos said before to really evaluate so my it. middle name is carlos oh i'm sorry so uh, a lot of people know me by juan so some people will call me carlos some people always go who's carlos you know so i'm juan carlos cruz yeah i'm so sorry rebecca calls me carlos so just so you guys know so keep going um to just like he had said to reevaluate it because at this age you're just starting to know yourself so being in a relationship with someone who is starting to know themselves and you're starting to know them your own self is it just it's gonna it's a recipe for disaster exactly because you're you don't know who who he is or who she is you're finding out they're both you guys are both finding out what you guys like what you guys don't like and in that age you guys are trying to find and even in my age too i'm 22 you're still we're still trying to find what we like what we prefer what we don't like what we hate what we don't like in someone what we do like in some people what our favorite color is because sometimes our color our favorite color changes so even in those things to really reevaluate this that relationship you're in because that isn't love or what you think it is but it is just a romantic thing it, that's all it is just feelings not a, a true act of love because that's what we're all looking for but yet you don't even know what you like so really look at it and take this podcast as something to to just dwell on 
Yeah, and and yeah, I always tell people it's funny that you say that because I always tell people that a lot. I'll say it's like taking it's like not knowing the chemical structure of ammonia or bleach. Yeah. You know? You don't know it. Mm-mm. And if you mix it, it's it is very really dangerous. Bad. Yeah, like you'll you could die. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that. You can die from smelling ammonia and bleach mixed together. And and that's how relationships can be. If 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 you don't know who you like, exactly like you said, what you, you know, who you like, you know, uh, the type of person, you know, what the things that you're willing to deal with, the things you're not willing to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, and you get with somebody who's everything that you hate and they don't know it and you don't know it and you barely know yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and you're everything that they hate, you know, that's ammonia and bleach ready to mix and is a recipe for disaster. So. Yep. I do agree with you on that. That's why I always, they, it says that the, the neurologists say that the, the front, the frontal cortex is not fully developed by the age of 26, if I'm not mistaken. So that means that's the, the side of your brain that, um, helps you with decision-making. He's touching his forehead, by the way. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> the, the, the part of your head that, that helps you with decision-making. So if you're 16 years old, that means you're like a three-month-old in your prefrontal cortex. You don't know how to make decisions. You've barely discerned. You barely lived life. You barely know anything. And now you wanting to get into something very, very serious, something very, very important in your life. You know, And, and is the reason why this is dangerous to get into a relationship at such a young age is because you're doing your academia. You know, you're, 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 you're having this, this, this academic uh, things in school that is happening right now. And what's happening is you're getting into a relationship. You're focusing into all these things. You, you know, eventually you could end up in, in depression and it just screws the, the domino effect of how it's going to screw with the rest of your life is crazy because it could turn into bad grades, turns into a bad college, turns into a bad career. And in turn, you end up in a horrible, you're working at McDonald's the rest of your life. Why? Because all because of a relationship that made you do bad in school, that didn't let you get into a good college. You you decided to hold off on going to this college because you wanted to follow this boy to this college because he wasn't good enough to make it to the same college as you or vice versa with a girl and a guy. So in turn, what happens? You don't do good because you cannot uh, follow the, the career that you wanted to follow because you hate this place, you hate this type of job, mm-hmm. so you don't want to do it. You quit college and you end up working at McDonald's. Things we know people like this as well. Yeah, and, and I know tons, tons, and tons of people that I went to high school with, and I'm I'm sitting here 12, 13 years later, and I'm like, and, and I ask them, well, but what, what happened? I'm like, and they tell me, I was dating this one person and they did this and this. And I think to myself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, all from a relationship? They're like, yeah, it was all from a relationship. I'm like, that's a joke. Tell me you're kidding. They're like, no. I'm, so it's crazy. So you're making all these, all these, this big decision, this big thing in life, you know? Take it very seriously. You're 16, you're 15, you're 17, you're 18. I don't know what 19, age you're 19, 20. 20, 21. Even up until you're 25, be very, very cautious. I think around 20, 22, if you have enough discernment, you begin to, it's good to begin to looking for a relationship, yeah. you know? You kind of set yourself in life. You've probably graduated with your bachelor's degree. You're starting to move somewhere. 
it's not bad. You know, you, you've developed enough, you know? Yeah, like my age. Yeah, you know, it's good. I think that's a good age to begin to look for a relationship, somebody to begin courting, you know? And, but before that, you know, very, very dangerous. You know, 15, 16, do not mess around with that, you know? I think so, at least, you know? But who knows? I may be some regular Joe Schmo. So, uh, anyways, Rebecca, thank you for doing this podcast. Thank this you is for like one me? yeah this is like one in the morning right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we're like up doing this podcast but i really really hope guys and girls take advantage of this podcast try to take something from it i hope that i've enlightened you so much and subscribe subscribe to this podcast uh share this podcast post it on facebook post it uh take a picture of the link and post it on instagram you know uh share it with other people there's so many people that are listening to this podcast and I'm getting so many reviews back and everybody's telling me the same thing. They're telling me, Juan, you have truly opened me up. Things that I didn't know about myself. You've, you've taken uh, these, these certain topics and it allowed me to understand a lot of things in my life that I never even knew. So you could help somebody with, 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 by listening to this podcast. You could enlighten them a little bit to see maybe something that they've never seen in their life. And the more you subscribe, the more this trends, the more this trends, the more you download, the more you listen to it, the more popular it gets. So share, share, share this podcast. You know, this is, you'd be surprised how many people are listening to this. And this is growing so fast. So continue to share this podcast, not for my popularity, do it for other people that can learn from this, you know. There's so many people that by listening to this podcast might take love and you could change your their whole life as you know it. So with that, thank you, Rebecca, for coming. Thank you. So we'll uh, sign out with that. God bless. <laughs>